Welcome to the party, bang bang! It's the big boss man, uh, Claytron, Claybron McMath, the PhD of podcasting, the clumsy jeweler because I'm always dropping, dropping gems, the uh, milkman because I always deliver. This is episode 66, I'm having some uh, trouble talking at the moment. Uh, this is uh, episode 66 of the Welcome to the Potty podcast. Happy hump day everybody. Man, uh, not a lot of news going on. I saw I saw that Bali uh, is having some earthquakes and shit. Rachel's uh, colleague has just gone over there for holiday, so I hope I hope uh, him and his family is all good. I hope they're not in. I think it's a Lombok area where the earthquakes are. Um, yeah, so I hope um, they're all good. So uh, and anybody, well, I hope anybody. Traveling is all good and all the best for the people that live there. And I've seen there's the death tolls uh, look pretty ugly at the moment. It was at like 93 or something uh, on the day of recording this. Uh, so that's horrible news. Um, man, Rachel, Rachel fucked with my nose the other day. She was like trying to make me look pretty or some shit. She was like trying to unclog my pores or some shit i don't know what she was doing but now my nose has got all like it's going flaky man that's gross um i didn't mean to gross you out but um yo i was just thinking the other day yesterday maybe um because it is hard to get some good chicken wings in in australia uh, there, you know, I know people are going to say, no, you will, you can get a here. Yeah. There's a couple places you can get good wings, but it's hard. It's hard, right? Like you go to America, any place has good wings. You can literally go anywhere for dinner and get some good wings. That is not the case over here. And I was just thinking like, oh, man, I could go some chicken wings. And then I remember this one night, um, that me and a few of my teammates, we went out for wings um, this is probably like three, four years ago. What year are we in? 2018. So I'd say three years ago. Uh, we went out to get some wings. Because this one place did really good wings. And I think it was like wing night. So they were pretty cheap too. So we go to get our wings, man. And uh, it just... Bro, we're sitting at this table waiting on our order for hours bro like two hours and we we go to the waiter hey man like we've been waiting for a long time can you go check like what's going on yeah 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 i'll go check and he just goes to the bar and starts serving drinks so he didn't check at all and we're sitting there fuming man so our teammate Corey gets up he's like yo like what's going on to the man he's like go get the fucking manager the no, no, I'm ta- I'm butchering the story again. We are, we saw the waiter went and started pouring drinks. So we was like, "Hey, get over here!" He comes back and we're like, "Yo, since you're not going to do anything, go get the manager." He was like, "Yeah, I'll go get the manager." And he went and he was talking to the manager, and the manager just fucking like shook his head, like he didn't give a fuck. And so we were done, right? So Corey gets up and he goes to the bar. And he's like, "Yo, you're gonna you're gonna like." get us our food or um like 
get us like a drink on the house or something because we've been here for two hours for some fucking chicken wings that, that haven't been delivered. Everybody's tables around us is getting chicken wings. We're not getting chicken wings. And the guy's just like, well, that's not my problem or whatever. And um, Corey was at like the station where they're using blenders to make all these fancy fucking drinks for, for females and shit. And Corey smacks this shit out of the blender. <laughs> Smashes it. And um, anyway, so we leave. And we're, we're playing in a relatively small town at this time. So we're, we're well known. So they knew, they knew obviously who it was that did that shit. And we had to, we had to go back and apologize before opening night of like our season, man, what a debacle. We did get the wings though eventually and they were good, but they weren't like, I'm going to wait for three hours for some wings. Good. You know, shit. I hate poor business. And that's the thing. Like you go to America, they're working for tips. So they're going to make sure like they're going to make sure that they're, they're giving you good, good service. So they can, they can get a little tip at the end. But over in Australia, it's like, I don't give a fuck. I've got another hour left on my shift and I'm getting paid the same amount regardless. So, so they want to act all brand new and shit. How about fuck off? You know, anyway, man, um, that's my little, little quick little story before we get into this interview, man. We, we were lucky enough to get, um, a recording artist slash ghost writer slash executive chef slash philanthropist. Um, man, all types of slashes and titles, man. Like, oh man, lucky, lucky, lucky to get this, uh, lady on. Her name is Villainess out of, uh, Brooklyn, New York, uh, talented, talented, uh, hip hop artist, uh, money making Mitch start, start that music and, uh, everybody welcome to the show. Villainess. My guest, Villainess. Brooklyn. This is the funeral. You gotta wear white though. Louis V. Corfin. Cause I got money. Hold these sign niggas. Got a pocket full of zeros. I'm a villain. I only bang with heroes. This this is the funeral for Miss Mingley. Yes, this is the funeral between you and me. Hot, this is the funeral. Rest in peace. Hot, welcome to the funeral for the industry. Cash rules, everything around me. Hello, how you going? I'm good, thanks. I'm uh, uh, I'm Clay. I know, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you guys, you guys had an event last night for uh, was that for Red Queen Kitchen? Yes, that was for the Red Queen Kitchen. We did a wedding out in the Hamptons. Oh, right. How, yeah. how far is that uh, from Brooklyn? It's about two hours. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. No, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. It was no traffic. We went early, set up. It was good. Good. Well, people. What did they What did they want from you? What did you, what'd you have to cook up for them? We did a champagne bar and we did a lot of seafood they wanted. And I actually did a few, a few desserts for them. And um, the rest of the things was like shrimp and rice, and they had um, frog wire and uh, just a lot of a lot of upscale stuff. Okay, that sounds mm-hmm. nice. Where did you um? Where did you get the name Red Queen? Well, my aunt was the original Red Queen of Red Hook, and when she got sick, she decided to pass the torch to me, and um, I took it on, and I'm doing what I can with it. Okay. <laughs> Now is is Red Cafe from Red Hook? Is that 
what Red Cafe is about? Um, no, he's not from Red Hook, but he is from New York. Right. Um, yeah. All right, and so, and how about Villainess? How did how did that that name uh, come up? Villainess came about because my birth name is Vanessa. Yeah. And and my teachers used to call me Villain because I started in about seventh grade. Um, certain people in school used to get picked on and, and teachers would give certain kids a hard time and I used to stand up for them. But me standing up for them was uh, getting on the teacher's nerves, so they started to call me villain. So when I became a published songwriter, we just combined the two. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I like that. I like that because, um, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't see no place for bullying, really, uh, especially kids. I mean, I like the, I, I kind of like Fifty Cent being a bully. That that shit makes me uh, laugh. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so kids, it was like you know, New York is a melting pot. So kids from other countries would come, and maybe they didn't understand the work, or maybe they didn't understand um, what the teacher was talking about, and they would get a really hard time, even local kids and i wasn't having it so yeah i was actually just and teachers started calling me villain yeah i was just talking to um my last guest about about teachers and how um there's such a discrepancy between the the greatness of them and the uh, i suppose the terribleness of them because they can make or break kids you know and um yeah, yeah people people talk about you know some people think they deserve more money and some people don't and i think it's very subjective between how how valuable the individual teacher is right i didn't get really uh, influential teachers until i got to college and once i decided to go to culinary school those are the professors that came and played that really pushed me but in inner city new york in these schools and public school uh, 50, I could say a little bit more 50% of them were terrible. Like they would tell you, Oh, you're not ever going anywhere. You have too much mouth. You know, I was told I didn't have to turn in my report for black history month because I didn't have a black parent. Like, you know, just, you know, it's some foul stuff going on it, but they want all of this credit and that's just not happening in the public schools and it's still not happening. Yeah. That's what I found when I was over there is, um, that the public school system is so much, worse than than in australia where like you if you don't have money and you don't you don't get to go to a uh a private school then it's it's kind of just bad luck for you and it, you're you're at a disadvantage from the start absolutely i'm the only one that graduated high school out of my original crew and uh, went on to college and got out of red hook for a little while and you know and you know it, it did me wonders but you know a lot of i've seen a lot of teachers like really destroy the dreams of kids and even as a child i wasn't having it yeah at all now <laughs> now how long is is culinary school i went for three and a half years three and a half years and what did you ever have to do the um did they ever just sit you there and just be like now cook me an egg great cook and I mostly learned everything from her mm -hmm. and um, so when I got to culinary school it was different because I had already finished a university and you know I thought I was going to be an entertainment lawyer because I had been in the music business since I was 13 so that's where I was headed never had any real interest in being an artist that wasn't really my focus 
but um, I got called to it. And um, when I got to culinary, when I made the decision to go to culinary school, um, I really wasn't impressed. I was like, okay. And I was really there to learn the business side of, of things. Okay. But some professors used to throw, you know, things at me and they would give us like many challenges where we had to make, you know, spaghetti in five minutes and stuff like that. And I'm not a competition cook. I feel like it's a passion that, you know, should be taken seriously. So, uh-huh. you know, those, yeah. So, so those are some of the roles that I had, but you know, I won in the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, so do you, yeah, you, but, you come out of there with a, a degree, obviously, is there, yeah. is there like anything stopping me from being a chef outside of, you know, like my, the quality of my food? Is there anything, do I need to have a degree to be like, to open my own restaurant and, and be, be on the grill? No, you don't. Okay. You don't need a degree, but you, you just have to be original. You have to, you know, come up with your own ideas. You have to know your culinary. You have to be creative. And you have to be willing to give your life to be a chef, you know, and I tell people all the time it's, you know, people like to say, well, I'm a chef and I'm a chef because it's very trendy right now. Right. When I made a decision to go to culinary school, it was, it wasn't trendy. You know what I mean? Like there was, you know, it was cooking shows, but it was all white people, Uh old white people. And it was, you know, but now, you know, girls or guys, they feel like if they can cook at home, then they can cook professionally. And that's where the line is drawn. Yeah. So, you know, so if you can make a cheeseburger at home, it doesn't mean the masses are going to like your cheeseburger. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you have to be braced to work on your birthday and to work Christmas and Thanksgiving and Fourth of July and, and all the things that, you know, we like to celebrate. I'm working 18 hours a day. Right. Yeah. And that's, I, I always see that with chefs. It's, it's, um, it's a very time consuming, uh, profession and, uh, yeah, it takes you away from the, from the family and social life and all that. And the hours are crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, sometimes I get to work at eight o'clock. I'm at, I'm, I'm, I get in the bed at 4 a.m. Yeah. And you know, you just have to be willing to put up with that. And and I think, you know, as far as cooks and chefs, the difference is that a chef has, that's a, a name that you have to earn. And it takes a lot of patience. And that's why, you know, we're weirdos. We've been through it. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be able to put this, to be able to put these little four letters in front of our name, most of us have been through it. And you, you said your aunt taught you how to cook? My grandmother taught me oh, how grandmother. to cook. Oh, grandmother? Um. You know, I didn't have a lot of friends when I was uh, five and six years old, and I still have the same friends that I had then today. And my grandmother kind of kept me in the house and under her. And, you know, sometimes I wanted to go outside and play, and she was like, no, get in here and chop these onions. Yeah. And, you know, at, at six years old, you're like, fuck. You know what I mean? You don't want to do that. But, yeah, I was cooking Thanksgiving dinner for my entire family by nine. And still didn't know that I wanted to do it professionally until I was about 22. Right. And my father said, well, you could have just went from high school straight to culinary school. But I really did not make a solid decision until I was about 22. Right. And so when you were, when you were in college, you were doing law? Yeah, I was a law major. I was a law and business major. Wow. And But you, yeah. never, you went to culinary school instead of law school? I went to law school for one year. Okay. Was bored to death. 
and stopped. And my father was furious. And he said, well, what are you going to do now? And be realistic. And I said, I'm going to be a chef. And he said, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) What does he think of your cooking? He loves it. He says, I barbecue better than him and his sister. He said, I know Asian cuisine better than them. Wow. And um, so can they... Can they cook well? My father can cook really well. He um, cooked in the military for all his buddies and and things like that. My grandfather owned restaurants in Korea um, before I was born. And, yeah, they come from a culinary background. They just never went to school for it. Wow, okay. Um, and so you, you started cooking while you, when you're nine. When did you realize that uh, you, had a, you had a knack for music or, or songwriting? Well, my mother was a video vixen when I was a kid. Okay. And she, yeah, and she used to hang out with, you know, all the rappers and they used to be in our house and she used to be on the road with Salt and Pepper and Heavy D and, and one day, um, you know, I was just playing in the little room. I had probably be about 11 or 12. Uh, a rapper said to me, uh, you should write me something. And everybody laughed and thought it was funny and. And, and he said, well, in order for it to work, if she really write a hit, you know, we'll have to make her a ghostwriter because she's 12. Yep. So, so who was so, that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Who was that? Who was the uh, rapper? It was Salt from Salt. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So she so she said, you know, she said, so let's, let's see what she can do. Uh, a couple of weeks later, they sent me a beat and... Um, I wrote to it, and my mother thought it was garbage. So, but she said that she took it to, you know, to some different people to listen to, and that's pretty much how I got my start. And I've been ghostwriting and published since then. Wow, and yeah, what is that? I've always, uh, I've always wondered about that ghostwriting. Mm-hmm. How does that, how does that feel when the song comes out? Are you, is there any sense of? like jealousy that someone else is sort of getting the props for it because you never people don't say like you know um you know rihanna does a song they don't say written by so-and-so they just say like rihanna you know right exactly um see i didn't i never um you know it's i guess people feel like that if they started writing and in their 20s and they was pretty much aware of what's going on but i didn't start like that so it's never bothered me right you know what i mean like I was a kid and I started writing and one thing came after another. So when they said, well, you're a ghostwriter, so you can't go to school and tell people you wrote that song when they hear it on the radio. Or, you know, you can't be sitting in here discussing who you're working with and who you're writing for because that will stop your money. And, you know, I was supporting my entire family at that point. Wow. So As a 12 year old. Yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't really concerned about the recognition or the props. I just knew that we were living a little bit better than we was before I started writing. Holy shit. So that's a lot of, um, that's a lot of responsibility for a 12 year old. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. So, you know, I just knew that, you know, my grandmother had money in her pocket. We had school clothes, you know, we had food in the refrigerator and this was things that we didn't have before my song hit the radio. Right. So that's all I really knew. So I think I just stuck with that uh, mentality and kept it moving, you know? Yeah. So now that you're, you know, working 18-hour days, how much time do you get to sit down and write? 
Well, usually now I'm scouted out for a project. Like somebody will call me and say, we want you to write for this artist or we want you to write this song or we want you to do a visual you know, for this. So then I'll block out time and, and do what I got to do. Okay. You know, it's, I write very different now. Like music still comes to me in dreams. So I'll jump up out of bed and write an idea down and run it past my lawyers and they'll give me yay or nay. Mm-hmm. And I'll run it past my management and they'll say yay or nay. And then we'll go from there. Do they hit it's you just, with like a concept? Very, it's business now. <laughs> yeah, right. When you get scouted out, do they do they hit you with like a concept? Like, I want you to write a song about this, or no? I'm I'm, I'm to the point where I'll meet with the artist. Uh, we'll sit down, and I'll I'll tell him or her to tell me what's going on in your life. What do you want to talk about? Tell me um, what's bothering you, and then they play a beat for me, and I go off of what they tell me. Okay. Yeah. And before before that that day that uh, Soul got you to write something, um, did had you ever thought like the music business might be uh, a route for you? Um, you know, I got signed to a independent. Uh, I got signed to an independent label, and they said, "Well," and I got signed to be a writer, and they said, "Well, we think you have a look to be an artist." And I said, well, if I'm going to go forward and be an artist, I'm going to be the type of artist that I wanted to be. Because immediately they wanted to put me in sequence and they wanted to put me in wigs and I wasn't doing it. Right. So I said, then I'm going to I'm going to have to be the artist that I want to be. So I had um, signed and had 88 percent creative control. And when my first project came out, they really wasn't behind it because they didn't have anything to do with it. Like they wanted me with sparkles and, and booty shorts and pink hair and I wasn't doing it. So that relationship eventually went sour and um, that was it. I'm, you know, this is my first time, you know, deciding that maybe I should give it another shot. Right. And so, so what have you took a break and, and have recently come back? I took a break and um, I, I actually walked away from music in, 2013. Now, when I say I walked away, I walked away from the artistry part of it. Okay. I never left writing. Yep. I walked away from the artistry part of it because I lost my mentor, uh, Melvin Santana. He was a local rapper in New York City that was signed to Atlantic Records, and he passed away. Um, uh, he passed away uh, right after April Fool's Day, after I had dropped my third single. And um, when he passed, it's like every snake in the world that was waiting on a block to be moved came after me and me dealing with them and me dealing with the loss of him I decided to step away yeah okay and so what what made you what made you come back then you it just sort of moved moved past that that stage or you know what journey actually uh had a lot to do with me coming back okay yeah, she said and a lot of my fans that that still, you know, ride with me, they said, We don't think this run for you is over. And I said, Yeah, I'm I'm done. Especially, you know, my catering company is doing so well, I'm good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. they was like, nah. And then an artist uh recently copied my first video, so she kinda shook the beast. Yeah, so now back. I wanted to I wanted to talk about that. Now um yeah. I don't know if you're happy for me to name the artist, but I mean, I already did on the Journey episode anyway. Right, it's fine. 
um, so have you talked to Cardi B since that all happened? No, I have not. Uh, have you ever talked to her? No. Okay. Never. So we there just was have no mutual friends. There was we have mutual friends. Right. So there was no like um, homage paid at all. None. That's wild. Yeah, it was zero. But, you know, she, she barked up the wrong tree. So. Yeah, because I, I actually, I hadn't seen any of your music before then. So it's almost, it's almost a gift and a, a curse, you know, like she, the, the scandal came out that it was, that it was copied. And then I went and I listened to a whole bunch of your music. Um, right. So it kind of, it kind of got, got me uh, to, to see you and I'm sure a whole lot of other people as well. But I watched... I watched a side-by-side clip of the two videos and I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people from her end, I guess that represent her, was like, you know, oh, you're taking it the wrong way. And I'm not taking it the wrong way because the funeral came to me in a dream, uh, that whole concept that you see mm-hmm. in a dream five years before the video was even shot. Now, she copies everybody. It's not just me. So I'm not totally offended but when you start to pick pieces of somebody's dream like i walked around thinking maybe i'm having this dream because something is showing me i'm i'm getting ready to die because in the dream as you see i was in a coffin yes so i i had that that dream everything you see in the video was a dream until i actually wrote down the visual so when you start to pick off bites of somebody's dream that's when we have a problem, and she has a major one. Yeah, I mean, even uh, I mean, I I fight with Bodak Yellow, but that whole flow yeah. that's not that's not her flow, you know. That's that's Kodak's flow. So it's a bit um, right. it's a bit of a strange sort of come up for her because it doesn't it doesn't seem earned. Um, as as I mean, I'm not going to take away from her success, but it just doesn't seem. Uh, fair almost that there's people out there on SoundCloud that nobody knows that are do- putting out original shit that's dope right. and no- nobody will hear it because, you know, they don't look a certain way or they don't have the money to market their own their own ideas and all of that. Right, absolutely. But, you know, um, paying homage to somebody is being inspired by them. and But it's not copying their style. So, you know... She's she's where she's at because she's picking pieces off of other people trying to combine them because she doesn't have her own identity. And that's sad. And but that's, it also, you know, it doesn't last. Yeah, and that's so, part of what comes with uh, signing with a label because they, they make you who they want to make you as well and you don't, you don't get a say in a lot of that. Right, you don't get a say in a lot of that. And, you know, there's some women out here that refuse to be a puppet and then there's other women that's going to do what, you know, the label heads tell them to do. Uh-huh. But it's not going to be done to me. No. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the part of the game that I don't respect. You know, New York has never, ever gotten behind a duplicate, a bootleg, or a copycat. But New York has changed so much these days. It's only a small amount of people that say it's bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Yeah, so you know, um, but yeah, this is far from over. Yeah, and um, on that on that video, did you since it was your dream, did you direct that as well? 
I co-directed the video. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was directing laying in the coffin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, the, you know, I was directing laying in the coffin, and I spoke to a lot of people in the industry, and they said, you know, you came out and, you know, sadly, African-Americans took your whole visual as you being demonic or you being a devil worshiper, which they did. I got a lot of flack when the, when the funeral came out. But Cardi B puts a spin on it, and because she's loud and, you know, and, and trendy and a little, you know, ass out and this, that, and I'm not like that, then she's the popular one because hoes are glorified right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Look and, at, you know, Amber Rose and all that. You know, and that's just the truth. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I didn't, I wasn't raised like that. I mean, do what you do. Be comfortable in what you're doing. That's just not my route. So it's going to take me a little longer. You know what I mean? Which is fine. Yeah. Oh, that's you know, understandable I, for sure. You know, which is fine. But I don't, I don't think uh, selling your soul promotes longevity. I don't. Nah. But, uh, and people love to put that label on people too. Now, like with, um, you know, uh, devil worshiping and selling your soul and and illuminati Absolutely. like you look at um what's that video uh on to the next one with jay-z when he's like he's like um because everybody talked about that illuminati so much he just did all that imagery in it sort of just like trying to fuck with people um because right. it's just all pe people want to take away from success and say like illuminati this and you know devil worshiper that right. and it's like that's it's just insane to to think that people are that um that filled with like hate or disbelief that they they'll put your success down to selling your soul to the devil. That's that's crazy. Oh yeah, you know I I got a lot of and I still do today. And you know that video was six years ago. Yeah. So and I still do. I still get it today. Sometimes I don't care what nobody says. The Red Queen worships the devil. She even calls herself after a devil head, which is the original Red Queen. I get a lot of that. Who lays in a in a in a casket and you know who jumps out of a grave and who crawls out of a grave and who has a open a fresh grave dug for them like who does that like i get a lot of that but i don't get that from people overseas and i don't get that from white people i don't yeah it's a it's very you know I mean? it's art i don't you know i'm not sitting here with upside down crosses and i don't think i would be as blessed as i am you know at this age to to still be doing what i do and doing it on my terms if i worship uh evil being yeah <laughs> yeah nah um unless unless that's hey maybe maybe that's how hove became hove <laughs> <laughs> right you know i just you know it's, it's i can laugh at it now but it really bothered me in the beginning that people would think that of me just because because let's get realistic if i was a white girl and i laid in a coffin everybody would clap oh it would be a different story it would be a different story yeah exactly but since i'm not and it's hip-hop I'm, I'm evil and I'm worshiping the devil, which is the furthest thing from the truth. So, but now that I've matured a little bit, I'm, I'm unbothered because that was child's play to what I'm about to put out. Yeah. So, and you just, you said that, um, that New York's changed. So you, you grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in Red Hook West project. Oh, yes, oh right. Yeah. So now Brooklyn's probably been gentrified more than, more than any of New York. Brooklyn and Harlem. And Harlem, Absolutely. yes. Now, mm -hmm. what 
what is the biggest difference for you because you're still in that same area what's the what right. do you see the most that's that's the difference is it is it the hipsters with their their glasses and bikes and beards or or well they're more so in Williamsburg they're not really in Red Hook okay yet. Yes, yeah. But you know, from for me, you know, I I still live in Red Hook. I live at the waterfront now. I'm not in the projects, but I'm only ten blocks. You know, with New York, every block changes. Yeah. So I'm only so I'm only ten blocks from where I grew up. But I see, you know, even it's, it's simple stuff. Even for me to see a white guy walking his dog at seven a.m. or a white woman jogging. It's like you're jogging down Columbia Street. Are you serious? Like, you know, to me, because, you know, when I was growing up, she would have been snatched, killed and thrown in the river. Right. Yeah. Um, Kicked off the docks or something. Yeah. You know, and now my my area that I grew up in is still very 1995 Brooklyn. Okay. But when you go into Bed-Stuy, where Jay-Z and where Biggie was from, it's uh, Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a it's a shock that it happened so fast and it happened in front of us. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how quickly that all happened and it's almost like these these areas just get chosen by who whoever it may be the 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 mayor or whoever. Yeah. And it just they pump yeah. some money into it and it, a few coffee shops open up and the whole the whole shit changes. Exactly. And it happened when I tell you, you know, I went down south for college. I went to Virginia for college. When I came back home, it was it, it was done. Yeah, it was done. It was, it was it was changing when I was in high school, but it wasn't a big shock. But when I came back home, um, it was done. Yeah. And I just could not believe it because now you have, you know, people painting over Biggie's memorial is it's, it's crazy like I'm like where are the old school cats that's but the, you know all the old thugs are locked up doing three consecutive lives and yeah you know so it's nobody really on the streets anymore like it used to be back in the day to really take a stand and say no this is not gonna happen or we're gonna make some noise it's not that anymore and people just people just like don't don't get made the same anymore like you had you had mike tyson walking around brownsville like taking people's money you know and there's people there's just not people like that anymore like and it's almost it's almost like you know you don't want that type of shit out there but it it stops the recklessness it stops the takashi six nines you know it stops all that shit it does it does you know even even 10 years ago Six nine could never say I'm the king of Brooklyn. He would have been murdered. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would have been murdered. But now it's you know, it's it's different. It's just different. And I'm I'm caught in almost like a crossfire because I was raised by some real authentic gangsters. Yeah. But I am still a female that's under thirty. So I real I still don't get I just don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't come up with the millenniums. I was, you know, my uncles, they was, and, and, and their friends, and the gangs that they were in, they was real cats that did real things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I came up to see that stuff. And so, I'm not um, impressed with what's going on on the streets. 
And it's a bunch of cowards running New York right now. It's a whole lot of cowards because, like I mentioned, the real thugs are locked up. Yeah. So it's a bunch of cowards going on that like to run up on kids with machetes. What respect do you get for killing a child with a machete? That shit was wild. Um, Yeah, R.I.P. to Junior. That shit, that shit's crazy. It's, yeah, it's some weak shit. And if, if someone gets out on good behavior now, they would have no idea what, what they're walking into. Exactly. Exactly. Like uh, my uncles, they have a couple of uh, friends coming home in 2020 that's been locked up since 1992. You understand? They're not going to know what the hell is going on out here. <laughs> hell no. Nah. You know it's I mean? like a different planet. My godfather um, in jail up north and he's, he doesn't even know how to turn on an iPhone. Yeah. He's been locked up since 95. You see, so it's it's they're going to they're going to walk into really a a whole new New York and a whole new world and not know what the hell is going on. Yeah. 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 And everything went, and everything went to shit right after 9/11. That's it. That's it. And uh, I mean right? the everything went to shit after 9/11 and a lot of people say that 9-11 softened us and once it softened New York that is when the cowards and the bullshit and the hookers and the hoes started to thrive yeah cause it's all everybody's scared of everything now instead of just a, a few things you know it's you see you see a backpack and you, you got you got no choice but to think it's a bomb you know right who the hell is scared of a backpack yeah New York is scared of backpacks hell and, yeah you know, so and rightfully so because 9-11 truly brought us to our knees you know what i mean and then so there was like port authority it, just like it was also a breeding place and a breeding time for the bullshit to rise up mm. yeah it's yeah. it's not it's not good it's a lot of different shit from a lot of different angles has changed um the world but new york new york in particular i mean that's the um you know that's like that's a cultural hub and Absolutely. people, there's people of all different colors and creeds in there that's getting getting hate from all angles. Um, and, and then we have people in office that's trying to, you know, change New York to the point where they're trying to close bodegas. And that's just a part of our history. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mentioned, they're painting over murals and, you know, cops, you know, this, this young guy from the Bronx, Jr., he was his life was just taken on his block i you know and i don't even under, I, I can't fathom i don't understand it i can't make sense of it i can't wrap my head around it like nobody has ever you know really murdered on two steps from their door not in new york especially not in the bronx you know what i mean no nah. so it's um that was that's a very strange situation to me because people would rather film than help these days oh it's crazy it's bullshit it's bullshit it's the things that make me consider moving into my home in la it really is yeah because you know when i'm on the west coast it's still very trill out there yeah you know what i mean yeah and it's sad i go to chicago i feel at home because the dudes are so real and then you come here and it's smiling your face talk behind your back blast you on social media if you don't want a guy here, you're automatically gay. 
if you don't want to do it his way, if you're not getting a call back to you from a producer, it's bullshit. When I tell you it's bullshit, it's bullshit. Yeah, oh man, show, show business is the worst and we've seen we, we've seen probably the worst of it now with Weinstein. But um yeah, show business is no joke with all that that shit. Right. Right. But then when I go out to LA or if I'm in Tennessee or if I'm down in Atlanta, it's a total different ball game. It's like, you know, you know how many times a day Journey and I get calls, Bill Ness, move to Atlanta, we want to do this with you. Or move out to L.A., we want to do this with you. But I am, at the end of the day, my heart is in New York. I'm trying to make things work here. And, you know, I, I want to stay home. I'm not somebody that want to hit Lotto and move out of here. You know, that's why I'm still, I can afford to live in Atlanta easy. I can afford to live in L.A., but I don't want to, I really don't want to leave my stomping grounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? So oh, 100%. I want to get a big check and bounce. But it's rough here because it's so much fakery. Yes. It's rough. I mean, I yeah. bet you're going to see that. You're going to see that wherever you go. I mean, uh, and like, Absolutely. I just got back it's from just, LA. Other cities are more welcoming, I would say. Yeah. More cities are more, more cities get me. I'm, I'm very different for what's going on in New York City right now. Yeah. Did you, you know, ever, yeah. did you ever, did you, have you ever seen old Slick talking Donnie Trump out like hustling with his three card Monty and all that shit? Have I ever seen Donald Trump? Yeah. I've seen Donald Trump one time in my whole life, but it wasn't in New York. It was actually in Virginia. Ah, okay. I've seen him one time and um, the energy was off. Even I was a couple feet from him and the energy was really off. And I'm a big believer in energy and spirits and things of that source and the energy was off but you know what do you expect is going to happen when you put a monster in the white house yeah he's sick a very bold monster not a hidden one. Oh no you know, <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck <laughs> you, you know yeah um so he's made it very clear how he feels about all of us yeah yeah he has he made it very clear so if he gets, you know, and I'll be, and I'll say it to you, and I'll say it on your show. If he gets reelected, which I don't think he will, I called it. I said he would beat Hillary, but if he gets reelected this time, I really don't want to hear shit. Who <laughs> do you know who's running against him? You said what? Is Hillary running again? That's the rumor. Okay. <clears throat> shit, I don't know who's That's worse. If she runs again, he will win again. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I'd I'd consider myself on the left, but when I see shit about like I I watched this TED talk that just came out about um they're trying to normalize pedophilia and say it's a sexual orientation just like being gay or straight or right. and I was just like I'm like if that's what the left looks like no wonder the motherfucker won because that's crazy. Absolutely. But see, now the thing that Trump is doing is he's pissing off his own. Oh, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? He's pissing off his own. But he, he doesn't like black people. He doesn't like Mexicans. He has a problem with foreigners. If you wasn't born here and you're not lily white, he has a problem with you. And those are the facts. And poor people. Those Anyone who's poor. If you're white or black and poor, he don't give a fuck. He doesn't like you. Exactly, but he is the biggest hypocrite that I have ever seen in my life because then you should have married somebody that was born here that was from Texas <laughs> yeah. and rode horses all day, but your wife is an immigrant. Yeah. So... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, so it's crazy. He is the biggest hypocrite I've ever seen in yeah. life. 
Yeah. Like presidents and politicians, they lie. Okay, lie to me. I choose to believe what I believe. But for somebody to just be blatantly a hypocrite like that is is terrifying. It is. Don't you think it's funny how much of a hip hop icon he was before he was president and now is pretty much because hip hop's so black, there's most of hip hop is against him. Um, right. I think that I think that's so funny the way that's worked out because it was you know I want Donald Trump money and Do- Donald Trump's a boss and you're fired and all this shit, and right. uh, then he gets in and he turn he basically turned on on black people and everyone's like what? Absolutely, but you know what I think? I think it's, it was all a part of the plan. The whole time? You know what I mean? I think it was all a part of the plan. I think, you know how, if you ever knew somebody like or, or worked in a fast food restaurant, right? Yep. Like, I used to work in Pizza Hut, right? And we all was a crew. We all was good, no matter what color you was. But as soon as somebody gets promoted to shift manager, they automatically change and feel like they're better than you because you're still on the register. Oh, yeah. Still in the back making pizza. That's what happened. He was friends with all these rappers, all this hip-hop, you know, and all this apprentice stuff. And as soon as he got in the seat that he could say, fuck you, that's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> that's a funny analogy because that's that's so true. That's, that's exactly what happens with people. That's what happened. It just happened on a bigger level. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just happened on a, on a huge scale. That's all that happened. He got to his seat, looked back and said, fuck you. I'm the president now. I don't need you. Yeah. And that's like... Just like the shift manager. I tell you when to come to work now. I don't fucking need to be friends with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, now, you, you've been riding for a long time, but can you, can you freestyle? I don't freestyle. Doesn't mean that I can't, but I don't. Yeah. Because, be, be, you know what? And it's uh, it's me being a product of my environment. Okay, because yeah. Because I used to walk down the street with my friends coming out the beauty salon and see guys on the side of the street freestyling, and I thought it was the corniest shit in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know? And my, and my best friend, she used to tell me all the time, listen, bitch, don't be that type of artist. Yeah. And that shit really stuck with me because I, I won't. It doesn't mean I can't. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, I who did I... I was listening to an interview with Currency... Um, uh-huh. and they asked him to freestyle and he was like, nah, I'm not into that corny shit. <laughs> and yeah. he didn't, he didn't, exactly. um, explain it, but I, I understand that. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I've, I've taken, you know, people tell me, well, you're a writer and that's different from being a freestyle artist. And, and yeah, I'm not ever going to go on a radio station and say, yeah, drop this beat. Let's check this out. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> And after um after Black Thought came out with his shit the other month, um I don't think anybody should be trying to freestyle now because that was that's about as good as it's gonna get. Right, you know that's just I, that's just not that's just not the type of artist I am, you know, and I, I'm not. No. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going back to Brooklyn with a freestyle on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm not gonna really do it. Um. You know. And then you know, I, I did an interview um, in DC, and they said, "Well, what if you know somebody gets a wind of you and do a freestyle 
about you and then it goes viral or whatever. I said, then when I see them at the BET Awards, I'm going to punch them in their face. <laughs> I'm just not the freestyle artist. I'm going to wear a sweatsuit and some Jordans to the BET Award. I'm going to kick her ass. You got to bring, you got to bring back the Source Awards. On national TV. Now let that go viral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who's your, who's your top five dead or alive? I can't hear you. What you say? Who's your top five dead or alive? My top five, dead or alive, it would be absolutely Biggie. Mm-hmm. I still like Jay Z. Yep. Um, oh, did, did you like Four Forty Four? I understood Four Forty Four, but I think Jay was trying to give the streets something that they're not ready for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I understand, I understand him a hundred percent, and I feel like he feels it's his responsibility to educate us, which I think he is doing beautifully. But I don't think what is going on and who is going walking these streets today, I don't think it's gonna get it. And I think that's why I hit the ground. Yeah, I mean, and there's also like when you're a damn near billionaire, I don't think there's there's a lot that we can relate to, you know. Right, but and Jay Z, you have to understand. He, even though he's an artist, he's almost fifty, so he's not with the bullshit anymore. He's my parents' age. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? My, my father just turned fifty, you know, two weeks ago, and you know, my mother's fifty-two, so he's their age. Yeah. They get it. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. you know, your typical twenty-seven-year-old may not be feeling it, and your twenty-one-year-old really ain't understanding it right now. No, well, your 21-year-olds are listening to Lil Pump and Smoke Purp and all this shit. Right. I told Journey today, I said, I feel old because I couldn't tell you one damn Lil Yachty song. Yeah. One. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, I don't know. It's like so many now. It's like Lil Yachty, Lil Shit, Lil Poopski. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. That's why I stay in my lane and I do me. That's it. Right. So you got Big J.M. I like Eminem. Uh, definitely Remy Ma. Yep. And um, yeah, she would be my favorite female rapper right now. And I'm also, I'm, I'm still a big um, Queen Latifah fan. Okay. Yep. I, I don't think I've ever heard someone put Queen in their um, top five. Yeah, I like Queen Latifah, and you know, I'm and I like Missy Elliott too. Right. Yeah, I I get it. I mean, I've got anybody current and except Remy. You know, I really like Remy. I still got a lot of love for Remy. Yeah. Oh, um, her and her and Papoose, I think, are two of the like as a as a couple are two of the most underrated artists. Absolutely, but you know, Remy, I respect that she's doing real grown woman shit. And she really hasn't let this industry make or break her. Yeah. She's in her own she's in her own lane. No matter what type of money you throw at her or not, Remy is Remy. And I, I respect that about her. Yeah. Yeah. Um now are you are you into sports? I am into sports. I'm a football fan. Football. So you got you got Giants or Jets? Big New York Giants. Giants, good, I good. Believe, I believe the Red Queen bleeds blue, trust me. <laughs> now, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. What do you, what do you, um, what do you think of him, I, and what do you want from him? 
I want him to be his old self. Yeah. I want him to be his old self. I want him to put all of this social media shit down yeah. and go bang like I like I know him to bang. Yeah. I think he's he's a supreme talent. Like he's a he's a generational talent. But he he's just so he distracted. He's very distracted. He's very distracted. I just want him I want him to show up and show off. I also want Eli Manning to get the fuck out of New York. <laughs> I think he's got a couple more in him. <laughs> I want him to get the fuck out of New York. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't hear New Yorkers say that. New York, that's, that's, he's like a New York god. Yeah. Like, I came after the, the old coach. What was the old coach name? Yeah, I, I tell you, I came after Coughlin real hard. Right? Yeah. And got this a whole bunch of backlash. But I wanted his old ass to get the fuck up out of here, too. <laughs> At least, well, he, he brought him a Super Bowl. So, I thought he got real soft, so he should, like I said, I, you know, I always say, I told him on his page, you should move your ass to Texas and sit on, by, or sit on somebody's porch and <laughs> kick it, because you gotta get the fuck up out of here, like, you, for real. You would have been the did, only... And then, and then another um, coach came in, and he lasted five minutes, so they're saying that New York is gonna be a problem this year, so we'll see. Yeah, well, you, you would have been the only one that was happy when they benched Eli. Yeah, they should have put his ass in the parking lot. He was crying and shit. Yeah, they should have put his ass in the parking lot and put one fucking chili to Because that <laughs> shit is ridiculous. Uh, you got... I'm like, what the fuck was you doing? Was you eating chicken before you got on the field? I mean, dropping everything? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, was, I've been, I, I couldn't even watch last season. I was so pissed. Oh, they were they were trash. They were fuck a lot of shit during the seasons. A lot of shit. Yeah, they were trash um, last season. Oh, yeah. I couldn't even watch. I couldn't even watch. People was like, what do you have to say? I, I don't know. I didn't see it. Um, I watched the highlights on ESPN and turned the shit off and put on a nanny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, this is a this is a lose-lose question for you. Mm-hmm. Knicks or Nets? Definitely Knicks. And I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. I mean Nets. Sorry. Not the Knicks. I mean the Nets. Oh, Nets. Only, only because. Only because. And it's a real stupid ass answer. You're right. It was a lose-lose, right? Yep. The Knicks from the beginning of time have always been straight garbage. <laughs> from the beginning, from when the fucking dinosaurs used to walk the earth. The Knicks was garbage. Yeah. Okay. But the Nets are in Brooklyn, and that's the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> that is the only, that's all I got. Right. That's all I got. I mean, they've been trash since the beginning of their time, but that's just not as long as the Knicks. Right. I mean, that that's really, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yankees or Mets? Uh, Yankees. Um, because I'm like the only Brooklyn girl in New York City, authentic Brooklyn girl that really, really loves the Bronx. So I really like the Yankees, and the Mets are out in Queens, and I can't stay in Queens. Yeah. <laughs> I can't 
You know, I cannot stand that verbal. If somebody said die or live in Queens, I would be like, where's the grave? <laughs> so where Queens, is that, that's Action Bronson? Nas? Um, Queen, no, Queens is, um, Queens is right beside Brooklyn. Yep. But they are so much different from us. The only popping part of Queens is Jamaica Avenue. Right. That's it. Once you once you once you scout out, it's it's bullshit. And the people from Queens, most of the people that I've met, I have like four really good friends that are from Queens. But everybody's like everybody else I have met, I've been like, oh shit. You know, Johnny be like, yeah, this person want to meet with you, and they from Queens. I'd be like, nah, fuck that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, New York's so funny <laughs> like that. That's yeah. hilarious. I like better than I do Queens. And nobody likes that now. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. You know, I know a lot of good people like from Rosedale and, you know, Jamaica Estates. But, you know, but just Queens regular, you know, I get a lot of love in Queensbridge and I get a lot of love in 40 Projects and Jamaica. But outside of all of that, those little areas, you know, no. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. and the Mets represent Queens and they can have, they can keep that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's at least, at least one of those teams is, you know, uh, a straight up winner. The, the Yankees, um, the Giants, the Giants are okay, but the, the Knicks, are, the Knicks are trash. I mean, the Nets are trash. Yeah. Yep. Um, I agree. and then you've only got one hockey team, right? It's just the Rangers. Yeah, I I don't know anything about hockey. Yeah, neither. But I know I'm pretty. I think my father had me at wrestling matches and football games growing up. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. What's around there? What? There's no football schools really. No, there's no there's no football schools. My um my little brother went to Truman, which is known for football, and then you have a few other um schools. But nothing really, you know, nothing like it is down south. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but that's really, that's really it. Nothing, you know, nothing to nothing to stand out here as far as sports. Because, you know, we just started getting grass. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these things haven't been around a long time. You know, New York City just got grass. So... <laughs> yeah, you know, and people are in the room with me, and they laughing. So you know what I mean. But it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all it's all concrete except for Central Park. Exactly. Yeah. And nobody's playing football in Central Park. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> you know, nobody's playing football in Central Park. So yeah. So no, it's not really big schools like you want to go there in order to go to the L. No, no, it's not, it's nah. not that. Um. But, now, what what does success mean to you in terms of being an artist, writer, or and mm-hmm. um and in terms of uh, Red Queen Kitchen? Well, success is to me is exactly what I'm doing now, taking care of my entire family, and they have nothing to worry about. Yep. Yep, that's fair. And now, is there any? Do you have a charity that you support? I do. I support St. Jude's Hospital. St. Jude's Children's Hospital. St. Jude's? Yes. Okay, now... I do. And I'm about to start my own for women of um, domestic violence. Oh. Um, Mm -hmm. How far along is that? I'm working on it. 
day in and day night, I'm working on it because there are so many women that are reached out to me and they say that I'm a voice for them and they want to know where I get my confidence from because I'm a two-time survivor myself and um, I'm very vocal about it on Instagram and on Facebook and so it's it's growing and um, I'm about to make, you know, the legal moves for it. <clears throat> the legal moves for it as soon as possible. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to play a game right now. Okay. It's called sourced unsourced. It's basically true or false. So if oh. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say five statements. Okay. And you say whether it's sourced or unsourced. And if you get three out of five right, I'll okay. donate. Welcome to the party. We'll donate fifty dollars to St Jude's and fifty dollars to the children. Um, to the um, to your charity once it's all up and running. Okay, and a free trip to Australia? Oh, shit. Oh, you, you, you're stretching my pockets a little bit. <laughs> okay, let's play. You said I have to say true or not true, right? Yeah, sourced or unsourced. Sourced or unsourced, okay. Yeah. Uh, hey, here's the deal. If you can get, if you can get me a, uh interview with Method Man and, his, and he can get my shit popping, then uh then we'll we'll get you out to Australia. How's that? Okay, that works. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Alright. Now, um they're all these are five hip hop related questions. Okay. Alright, so I feel like I feel like you're gonna um you might you might go five for five here. At, oh my god. At twelve years old, Jay Z okay. shot his drug addicted older brother over a stolen ring. I think that was true. Yep, yep, that that is sourced. Alright, one for one. Okay. T Pain has never used auto tune live. That's bullshit. That's bullshit? He's never used auto tune at a live concert. Yes, he has. So that would be that would be that would be source, right? I've got this. I've got that as a sourced sourced uh, comment. But he said he said in an interview that he's never used auto tune at a live concert. <laughs> That's I can't give you that one. I can't give you that one. Okay. All right. Wiz Khalifa's Kush and Orange Juice was playing when his son was born. Uh, I'm going to say false. You're right. The the police's uh, Every Breath You Take was playing. Okay. Okay. All right. 2-1. Two, two, at the height of his success, Nori purchased a diamond-encrusted Newport box to hold his cigarettes. True. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, go, we'll do the last one. Uh, Kend okay. Kendrick Lamar used to be a security guard. True. Yes. Four out of five. So that's $50 to St. Jude's and $50... To your charity when uh, when that uh, is all underway, so you just let me know. I sure will. 
All right. Well, thank thank you so much for that. I enjoyed that. Ah, uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. No problem. That was fun. Um, and all the best. I hope I hope everything uh continues to to uh be successful for you. And um, I'm looking forward to the the next video, the next song that comes out. Thank you so much for the support. We have a lot of love for you guys, and I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. So you let us know when you get to New York so that I can feed you and freestyle for you in person. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I'll let you know for sure. Okay. All right, thank you. Yeah, I think kind of shit. I'm a villain, ho. Don't mistake me for a femi. Pray me off. Down on your knees. The devil wears Prada and Gilanese. I see a mannequin. I see it clearly in my peripheral. Behind me, I'm on my cats are uh, enjoying this as much as I am. That was fun, man. And uh, uh, yeah, make sure that you uh, have a look at uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital and we will keep you informed when when Villaness's charity uh, is completely developed. So uh, check the episode description for the link for uh, St. Jude's and where you can donate if you'd like to do that. Um, uh, It looks like the questions for Sourced Unsourced are a little too easy. I might have to amp them up a little bit before... uh, before uh, the podcast ends up broke and you, you don't get any more of that good, good content. Speaking of good content, Triple M, how about you hit us with some of that Clay's reviews? Comedy, action, or horror? Will this movie win an Oscar? Set design, directing, acting, lighting, or costumes? This segment is Clay's reviews. I watched uh, The Night Before. It's a Christmas movie starring uh, Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and that black guy that I never remember his name. He's in a lot of shit, but he's never like the main dude. But he's he's a pretty solid actor. But um, man, it took a little while to get good, but when it got good, it got good, and I I actually really enjoyed it. It was a fun movie, and I will be watching it again this Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. Um, it had some fun cameos. Uh, it was a little, little bit dark in the middle there. It got a little bit dark, but it was, it was kind of, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was necessary, but you know, it was cool. Good watch. Um, ended nicely. And yeah, there's not a whole heap to say about this one, but 6.5 out of 10. It sounds like a low score, but I still recommend watching it. It's just not, you know, it's not fucking, it's not a classic. You know what I mean? Um, what else, what else have I watched? Concussion, uh, Will Smith, man, he's, you know, that was in 2015. I was about to say he still got it. Of course he does. You've, you've seen his Instagram. And if you haven't follow Will Smith on Instagram, you know, you know how to spell it. Um, but man, I'm always a sucker for a true story. Um, and you know, CTE is, is a concerning thing. So the, yeah, the movie concussion, Will Smith, first of all, became full African, and he he did well. Uh, his accent was on point, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not I'm no African, but uh, it seemed African to me. Um, I loved his character, and I'd I'd love to have the real the real dude on the potty someday. Um, uh, Doctor Bennett Omalu, I think his name was. But anyway, it's about the discovery of the disease CTE, which is chronic traumatic. 
anaphylaxis or something like that. It's too hard to uh, say, so that's why everyone says CTE. But yeah, the story is really good, and the research, like the research, deserved that kind of recognition uh, on like a, a global scale for for mass consumption, and and uh, that's what that movie gave it. I think it was one of Will Smith's greatest efforts. I mean, he's done some good shit. He was Ali, uh, you know, seven pounds pursuit of happiness um, outside of, uh, you know, bad boys, men in black, all that. But um, yeah, man, uh, I think I think that was one of his greatest, greatest acting efforts. Tell the truth. That was um, that was me trying to be him trying to be African but yeah there wasn't anything out of the ordinary uh, cinematically for concussion um, but I highly recommend it very interesting um, and yeah true stories always always get me uh, as long as it's worth telling which this was so 7 out of 10 uh, that is on Stan and the night before is on Netflix by the way and finally on Netflix The Walk uh, which is about a high wire walker. Um, I do not know if it's based on a true story. If it is, I don't know. Don't know that it needed that the story needed to be told. To be honest, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, yeah, so he's French in this, and as opposed to Will Smith nailing an accent, Joseph Gordon-Levitt decided to butcher the French accent, which is fine. I didn't really care too much about that, but I just didn't... Yeah, like I said, I didn't think that the story needed to be told. Um, The director made Castaway, which I would say is an 8 out of 10, Back to the Future, like an 8.5, and Flight, which is another 8. And he went and did this, The Walk, on Netflix. I, I don't... I don't think it's a Netflix original. I think it might have been a like wide release. Uh, but he could have sat this one out for sure. Everyone could have. I didn't rate it. Uh, 5 out of 10 for that one. Shit, man. How's my Dan tagged me in this in this post on Facebook the other day that said uh, like scariest movie ever coming to Netflix soon. And it was that movie Don't Breathe, which I have actually seen and I have Clay's reviewed. Um, uh, let me, let me try and remember the score that I gave that shit, but yeah, but scariest movie ever. Like these people need to start, uh, finding a new way to market their, their films because scariest movie ever comes out every year and none of them are that scary. Don't breathe was good. Don't get me wrong. And yes, it was scary. And no, it was not the scariest movie I've ever seen. I gave it an eight out of 10, which is rare for a horror movie, but it wasn't the scariest movie I ever seen. Um, one of those, uh, what's the, what's the one where in the, in the trailer, the, the ghost hands is like this, uh, and is based is based in Rhode Island. And now I've got the word concussion stuck in my head. See, this happened on the weekend episode. I couldn't think. The Conjuring. The Conjuring. Um, I think number one, The Conjuring 1 might have been the scariest I've seen. In my opinion. You know? But I think Don't Breathe 2 is also coming out. But I already saw Don't Breathe. But that's finally coming on to Netflix. Um, now, before we go, we had Villainess on the show today. I... Uh, uh, hip-hop 
artist and ghostwriter and uh, a lot of new music came out last Friday. I haven't listened to it all yet, so today we're, we're going to talk to the one album that I did listen to, Astro World by uh, Travis Scott. Triple M, how about you? You pop on a little bit of that, uh, that stargazing for the listeners real quick. Travis Scott like I couldn't tell you one song of his but um yo I I see why people like him I, I really enjoyed this album um I listened to it in the gym today and um I got on the elliptical no Bruno and I, I was pumping out steps if you want to call them steps rounds I was pumping out rounds on the wall that sounds kind of um explicit but I was going hard on the elliptical um, listening to stargazing. It was cool, man, but, um, I'm going to regurgitate something that, uh, I heard on a, on a rival podcast. Um, I think he's given his sound out too much. So like everyone's using his sound and he, it's a very unique and marketable sound. And I think he should have kept that shit for him, for himself, man. He's a great producer and also a great, um, artist. And I might have to listen to some of his other shit after listening to that, but other music was uh, also released last Friday, so we will talk about that. Um, hopefully, with International Heem, he's still missing um, uh, on the weekend. So, yeah, man, happy Hump Day! You know where to find us. Um, you know, Instagram at Welcome to the Potty, Twitter at Welcome Potty, uh, Welcome to the Potty on Facebook, and then you can always continue to send through those those poor postures and. <gasps> Oh, I forgot to do poor posture of the week. Let's do it. Poor posture of the week. We got some real sickos and special ed motherfuckers on here today. Um, so, oh, as I was saying, man, send in poor posture of the week. Listen to this fuck shit suggestions to welcome to the potty at gmail.com. You guys are doing such a good job, man. Um, like... I, I don't even need to look this shit up no more, which I love. So please keep sending that shit in. But we got this uh, couple in Kentucky, uh, Kip Blythe and Mary Waldridge, who called the police saying that they'd been robbed. Um, they live in a trailer, by the way. Uh, they'd been robbed of their guns, jewelry and cash. Anyway, the cops rock up and find the guns, jewelry, and cash, but also find methamphetamine, uh, marijuana, and drug paraphernalia. Bung. These two have been arrested. You idiots. Snitching on yourselves. Um, you did it to yourself like Plaxico. You, your posture's terrible. You, you, you're all fucked up. You look like a, you look like a hoe. And I'm not even saying that in a derogatory sense. You look bent over like the garden tool, motherfucker. Um, you, I don't know how much time you're going to get. I don't know how much weed and stuff and um, meth there was, but that's a, isn't that a schedule one? And, and it, I don't know. 
I don't know how how it is in America, but that's that is um possession of of a controlled substance. So um yeah, I don't know. And one of them was already a convicted felon in possession of a handgun. I don't think I don't think that's allowed either. But uh we uh, I'm looking at the pictures of these cats. They they do look like they could easily earn poor posture of the week without even like you would just walk by them and be like, oh, you'll see them on poor posture in a few weeks. But the pictures aren't really funny. So money maker Mitch, forget about that. Don't put that on um, Instagram. Now, uh, a woman, I think she is unnamed here from memory. Uh, no, she's not. A 19-year-old woman, Marguerite, aka Maggie Wallace, was arrested and charged with one count of Class A misdemeanor, false informing. Uh, what was she informing, Clay? She advised the police that she had been raped uh, or sexually assaulted in some way. And um, it uh, it turned out that... It was all part of a rape fantasy. Um, now, is what's going on? So, in your fantasy, you take it as far as the like the police. Is that what happens? Like, I can imagine calling the cops or whatever during during your little rape session or something like. Maybe that's a little extra thrill. But you're actually going to go to the police station and say that this really happened. And like, maybe get someone arrested. Like that's wild. That's wild. Like while you're sitting there getting interrogated, are you like getting wet or what? What's going on, Maggie? Your posture's terrible. You got scoliosis, motherfucker. You. She's she's held. She's um in the Madison County Jail, uh in. Whoa, what state? What state is this? Triple M. You know what state this is. No? Because you just forwarded it on to me. <sighs> anyway. Um, yeah, that's weird, Maggie. Anyway, $3,000 bond and uh, she'll, she'll be out, out and about. Just allowed to uh, just walk around calling rape on, on people. See? See? These women, they, they're just doing what they want. Speaking of women, our next poor posture um, of the week, a mother and daughter? No, they, they are not the ones with poor posture, but um, this mother and daughter went on a trip to the seaside. Where's this at? In the UK somewhere? Um, I don't know where this is at. It's at a seaside in the UK. So it's not fucking tropical. Anyway, they're, they're, they're on the seaside eating their chips and all this. And they're, they're approached by a man. They're, 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 in a, um, they're in their car eating, eating their chips. And a man comes up to the side of their car who had been on a, uh, and I quote, marathon drinking session. So he's lit, right? Lit. He walks up to the side of the cart and starts banging his slab on their window and then took a dump next to their car. 
Or John Henson. John Henson. If you find this motherfucker, I don't I don't know what I don't know what you should do to him. But his posture's terrible. He'll be walking around looking like Mr. Burns somewhere in the UK. Um I hope Jossie, I hope you're okay. Luda, I hope you're okay. Uh, anybody that I know that's in the UK, I hope you're okay. Um, oh, uh, Cloud, I hope you're all good. You're not getting, you're not getting uh, dicks thrown against windows and, and, and poops next to doors and all this. Um, but if you find a man named John Henson, stay the fuck away from that dirty bugger and uh, uh, keep it moving. There's no picture of this dude either. Uh, you guys are sending through ones with no pictures, which is fine. Which is fine. But um, it just means that they're not going to go on the Instagram page. But that's cool. We got plenty of shit to put on there. Uh, and we got one more here. One more poor posture of the week to women in general. Yes. Yes. No, not all women. But all the women who listen to this dumbass fashion advice on the internet... Because the latest trend is rubbing toothpaste and Vaseline on your titties to grow them. Um, first of all, you're a goddamn fool if you if you think that that's that's going to work. There's this article. I read the whole article. It said at the very end of it, um, it says that it doesn't work and no one's seen any any positive results, but. It's clickbait, you see, because it says women are rubbing toothpaste on their boobs as a part of a bizarre new beauty trend. Um, new YouTube beauty trend has seen women slathering their breasts with toothpaste and Vaseline in an attempt to make them grow. And then there's a whole article and then at the fucking bottom of this massive article, it says that it, it won't work. Now, people don't read anymore. So people would probably just see that headline and start doing that shit or start looking up the videos and doing what the videos say. Um, there's a quote down here saying, um, oh, where is it? I would squirt a nice amount of toothpaste out and rub it as the videos here on YouTube say, you rub it into your nipple, then cover your breast in petroleum jelly, AKA Vaseline. Then you just go to bed. You leave it overnight to marinate, marinate like chicken breasts. And it's supposed to increase and maximize breast tissue. You fucking clowns. Do you understand what that means? That means that that you, you think that rubbing toothpaste and Vaseline on your chest is going to increase fatty tissue in your body. Think about that for a fucking second. Before you start just blindly taking dumbass advice. Fuck. Anybody who does that has poor posture, okay? Any of you. And and you know what? If it does work, your posture is just going to get worse because you're going you're gonna to get these big old EF-sized titties and start bending over, breaking your backs and shit. But it doesn't work. Idiots. That's all. That's all out of me today, man. Um, I already kind of half signed off before you know where to find us uh happy hump day to everybody and we'll catch you on the weekend hopefully with the global go-getter bunk bunk